Some might say that age is the cause of hair loss. But I'm starting to suspect the real cause of hair loss comes from when one pulls their own hair out in frustration while assembling IKEA furniture. A few years ago, I assembled some outdoor IKEA furniture. And when I turned to page 42 to complete step 827, it said I needed a hammer. I didn't have a hammer nearby. I own a hammer, but it was really far away, like 27 yards away. And I was tired and I was losing patience but I did have a brick that was nearby. So I grabbed the brick and I wailed away. Of course, not only did I bend the nail and in turn split the wood that I was bricking the nail into, but I also missed on my aim and slammed part of that brick down onto my pinky finger. Although I lost some hair that day, I was lucky to not break any bones in my finger. This availability bias or reaching for something to use just because it's the easiest solution is something that is often a mistake when it comes to styles and decisions leaders choose when they lead others. Let's join in on David McPeak's discussion on leadership as he explains why it's important to use the right leadership styles for the job. You have to understand what we like to call your golden hammer leadership style. And when we talk about later in terms of human performance and hazard identification, we talk about something called an availability bias. Meaning, and with no other influences, we choose to use whatever's the easiest and most available to us. Everybody understands that, you know, if there's a nail here and this is my hammer, but yet there's a wrench, or this is my wrench and my hammer's in my pocket or on my tool belt, what do I use to drive that nail? Unfortunately, a lot of us, it's that wrench because it's the easiest and most available for that specific thing. Same thing with leadership styles. We're gonna to gravitate towards what we're most comfortable with and what we know. The problem is, again, that makes our leadership about us and not about our team. So be able to identify what your golden hammer leadership style is. There's a quote by Abraham Maslow that really relates to this and, and, and think about it. And he says, I suppose it is tempting if the only tool you have is a hammer to treat everything as if it were a nail. And so, Understand whatever your golden hammer leadership styles, and we're gonna talk about a couple of different styles here in just a second. It's not a bad thing and there's gonna be a time and a place for it. It just can't be the only tool you have. So again, in developing a more complete definition of leadership, what we wanna do is expose you to a couple of different leadership styles and leadership strategies. And I, I don't want you to marry yourself to just this list. We're gonna talk about six. But what I want you to understand is there is no right or wrong leadership style. None are preferred, none are better than the others. They should all be situational and you're going to, this is the absolute key word strategically, use a variety and a combination of different leadership styles based on number one, the people involved, back to the John Wooden quote, what they need, what they've earned, what they deserve, and then the circumstances. That's probably gonna relate a lot to the task being performed, some are more hazardous or complicated than others, and the work environment that, you, that you're in. So. Just a quick overview of a few different leadership styles and, and understand, don't try to memorize these words and think there's an exact map that says, for this situation, this is exactly the style I need to use. We're talking about circumstances here. Remember, the other part of that equation is people. But just as a couple of examples, and we're gonna talk about the six styles being an autocratic or a dictator, a bureaucratic type leader, a democratic or a participative leader, a laissez-faire, which is a French word that means leave it be, that's a very passive leader or a goal-setting leader. 
Some is the word some people like to use for that. And then there's servant leadership and then there's transformational leadership. Just as a very quick overview of them and an example of a couple of others and to think about why some in certain situations with certain people might be better than others, consider a couple of things. So an autocratic leader, this is the my way or the highway. I work from the neck up, you work from the neck down. Threatening with consequences type of leader and probably all familiar with that type of leader. And when you say it that way, it almost sounds like it's a bad kind of leadership. It's not. Again, situational based on people and circumstances. Think about if you've got a true emergency. Think if somebody has a heart attack and they're working in a bucket and all of a sudden now they're up 30 feet in the air, passed out and unconscious, draped over an energized power line. That is the definition of an emergency. That's not the time when we're going to vote and try to figure out what somebody's going to do and who's going to call 911 and who's going to do the bucket rescue and who's going to start CPR and those kind of things. That's where somebody in a very autocratic way is going to say, David, you go call 911. Curtis, you do the, pol uh, the bucket rescue. And then I, when somebody tells me to call 911, I'm going to say, well, no, I think I'm more qualified to do this. I'm not going to question the decision. So sometimes circumstances require that there are very fast decisions that are made and that those decisions aren't questions, aren't questioned at all. Bureaucratic type of leader. This is where we, we basically just follow whatever the norms or the set of standards are. And again, start to think about, don't isolate these as, as one style you should use. You're going to use a combination of styles, probably minus that emergency we just talked about. In any other situations, you're going to use a combination of styles and probably be switching back and forth pretty quickly. The key is to understand why you're doing it and do it strategically. So think about if you've got a very complex or very critical task, uh, a switching procedure, for instance and think about the potential outcomes of that going wrong. That's where whatever procedure use and adherence, those kind of things. So when critical, complicated tasks for formal training programs, that kind of thing, bureaucratic leadership, really good. Think about going back to the military like we talked about. They're very bureaucratic, but they're also very autocratic. And there's a reason for that. That's a very hazardous environment when we're at war and people are shooting guns and missiles and that kind of thing at us. So it also goes into preparation, a lot of other things. Democratic's one I hope you really see the value in and think about, <laughs> think about this challenge, okay? Lead a pre-job briefing sometime by only asking questions. And what's funny when, when you can say that statement to people, lead a pre-job briefing by only asking questions. I, I really enjoy watching people's reactions when I say that. But what that's going to force is you to create a very democratic and a participative environment rather than just filling out a sheet of paper and saying, read it, sign it, and I hope nobody ever does that. But what that creates is involvement. Remember culture we talked about uh, when we were talking about worker driven, and we use two words, involvement and empowerment. The more democratic and participative of an environment you create and the culture you create like that, the more people are going to buy in on things and value. And so that one is, is good when we're any kind of, there's a change going on coupled with some others. Uh, when we're trying to generate new ideas, for sure. When you want to create buy-in, create alignment on your team during work planning task, decidedly at least some Democrat with a combination of, of possibly some of the others, essential. The passive, the goal setting type of leadership, when you're not involved and understand there's a huge difference between uninvolved and unavailable. And also understand you use this strategically for one of two reasons, either because you trust your team or because you don't care about your team. What I promise you is your team knows which one it is. 
So when you have an experienced or a qualified team and or when you have an inexperienced and an unqualified team and you've got a safe environment where people can fail and learn lessons from those failures, it's a great training tool. But this type of leadership really is just exactly what it says. You set the direction. Here's what has to be accomplished. Here's the standard. Don't really care how you do it. Go get it done. And there's a time and a place for that. Again, it's got to be strategic. Servant and transformational are types of leaderships or leadership styles, if you will, that you always want to be in servant, just essentially putting the team and the organization first. And think about some of the words in C5 leadership. Words like credibility, words like caring, words like commitment, words like competence and courage, those five C's. Great way being a servant leader to demonstrate those things. And a transformational, think of that as, as a coach. And what I mean by that is in a transformational leadership, you're just always seeking to improve the team first, but also yourself. And so the more you can do that, again, you're demonstrating those five C's, but it's all about mentoring, coaching, and providing feedback. And so I hope you'll critically start to think about different leadership styles, different leadership strategies based on the people that are involved and the circumstances that you're in. So the key points are under this. Understanding leadership styles and understanding people helps you develop more of a complete definition of leadership. There is no right or wrong leadership style. There is no right or wrong personality type. There's no everybody, each person's equal, but they're never the same. And again, you want to use a combination of styles based on people and circumstances and strategically, if you remember nothing else, strategically adapt to others based on their preferences and the demands of the situation. If you do that, that will really, the, the more strategically and effectively you can utilize different leadership styles and the more you understand your team, the more you're going to become a C5 leader. The more you become a C5 leader, the more your influence is going to grow. You're expanding your circle of influence. The more that happens, your team's performance is going to improve and ultimately that's going to give you more organizational influence. So key, key and critical, and part of this just literally goes to the courage of trying new things, is think about different leadership styles, think about your team gravitate away from and not to your golden hammer leadership styles. So strategic adaptability. Thank you for joining us for this podcast, which was produced by the team at Frontline Utility Leadership and Incident Prevention Magazine. Don't miss our next podcast. Make sure you subscribe at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe. Thank you.